Amen. I want you to open your Bibles with me, please, to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to begin reading with verse 24 through 27. And then if you really want to get your brain in a twist, we'll go to Luke in just a little bit. Luke always gets my brain in a twist. He always has a little twist about everything he talks about. A typical doctor. Amen? Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, down to verse 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the flood, floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now go with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 47, down to verse 49, the last three verses of chapter 6 of St. Luke. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not, it could, could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I want to use for a subject tonight my strong house. You may be seated. The day in which we live, we need a strong God, a strong salvation, a strong house. Amen? Everything seems to be shaken all around us. And I want my house so strong, if the earth trembles, the house will not shake. I want my life solid on that rock, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that when a man, a wise man, would dig deep into the earth, and he would dig down to a rock, and then there he would lay his foundation and build his house. That is the man that listens to God. The man that listens to God will dig deep into God's word. The man that listens to God will be one that digs deep into God's work and God's dealings with mankind. 
Digging is hard work. Digging is tormenting work. Digging is, well, put it simple, it'll sweat you up real good. And we need the sweat of conviction to grip our soul. And we need to dig and burrow down into God's Word. Dig deep, as Luke says. Dig deep to the rock. And when you find him, his name is Jesus. Put your trust. When you find him, which is the rock, Christ Jesus, put your all. When you find him, build your life on Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. The Bible says if you build your house on him, the rock, that when the winds come, not if they come, when they come. When the rains descend, not if they descend, sometimes I wonder right now, but they will descend. The floods will come up. The winds will blow. For him attacks will come. Floods will rise. The earth will shake. Everything the world spews at us is meant to destroy us. For the world is not our friend. Jesus Christ is our friend. Time and elements is not our friend. This world is not my home. I'm quickly passing through. But while I pass through, I want to look for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I want to build my house on things that will stand, not sinking sand. The Bible says that a foolish man won't even bother to dig into the Word, won't even listen to the Word. Oh, he'll hear it, but he won't do it. It's one thing to hear the Word. It's another thing to hear it and do the Word. And Jesus Christ said a foolish man will hear the Word, but he won't obey it. And he's like a foolish man that will simply build his foundation on the sand. He'll just go out there on the dirt and start building his house. The Bible says that when the foolish man builds his house, not on the rock, the winds will come, the storms will come. The house may look just like the good house. In fact, the house may be more elaborate and look gorgeous compared to the house that's on the rock. But what's important is not what is above ground. What's important is what's down inside the ground, the rock, the foundation. Because if your house is not built on a rock, your house will not stand. And the Bible says the foolish man just builds it on sand. The rain comes, the flood comes, the winds come, and the house collapses. But the man who builds his house, hears the word of God, digs deep into God's word, finds Jesus Christ, finds the rock. You know what you're doing when you're digging down deep to build a house? You're looking for a rock. And when you find the bedrock of God's word, when you find the rock in which you can build your life, That rock is Jesus Christ, and his words is that rock. And if you will dig deep into the word of God and build your house upon a solid rock, when the winds come, when the floods rise, 
when everything comes vehemently at you, earthquakes, diver places of attacks, the wind, the rain, the storms cannot even shake your house because your house is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Woo! Praise the Lord. And so our desire is to build our house. If we, if we build the house quickly, shallowly, we're going to collapse. A little dab of do you won't build your house. A little, being a little Sunday morning glory will not build your house. Hello. A little monthly devotion will not build your house. You must dig. Dig into God's word. Dig into things of God. Find Jesus for who he really is and build your life upon that solid rock. When the winds come, the storms come, the trials come, your house won't even shake. I love that, don't you? Will not tremble. Your house is built on a solid rock. I'm not going to stay long with this because I want to talk about my strong house. I have a strong house. I'm not talking about the house that Judy remodels all the time. I'm talking about the house that Jesus remodels all the time, me. And I want to begin by saying my house is a strong house. Why? Because I have a strong salvation. My Strong salvation. I mean, no, you don't need a weak salvation. It won't get you anywhere. But you need a strong salvation. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Woo! The Lord knows me. And if you're a Christian, the Lord knows you. He knows you for what you are. He knows you dug deep. He knows that you know him. And you have built your house upon a solid rock. My strong salvation. My strong salvation links me to Matthew chapter 16. And verse 16. Jesus Christ said, whom do men say the Son of Man is? And they say, well, some say you're Elias. Some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus Christ says, no, 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 no. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter said, answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, everything we get, we must get it from heaven. God must be involved in our salvation. The Father must be involved in our salvation. And Jesus Christ said, Simon, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, meaning a little gravel, a little rock, but upon this rock, the big rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. 
I used to read those scriptures and I thought to myself, you know, sure enough, gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I'll build my church. The pastor don't build the Lord's church. The Lord builds his own church. The Lord says to me, I'll build it myself. Thank you very much. And Jesus Christ himself died upon the cross of Calvary. And he said, I will build my church. And he said, when I build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. 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 Now you can interpret that a couple of ways. You can say, now wait a minute. It just simply means that if all the flood gates and the gates of hell were opened up and all the demons of hell were to charge the church, the church would never tremble. The church would always prevail. No matter what Satan throws at us, we will always prevail. But then we can stop and say, now wait a minute, gates don't charge. Gates are immobile. Gates are used to keep things out. And so we could look at this as the church charges the gates of hell. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The church will knock down the gates of hell. See, we can look at this in two ways. Gates don't, don't charge but the church is commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is the church that should storm the gates of hell. It is the church that should go out in the community and tell people about Jesus Christ. It is the church that should make a difference in a God-forsaken world that has rejected God. It is the church that should go against the demonic powers of hell because the devil cannot prevail when the church is on the march. The devil cannot win when the church is on the march. The devil only wins when the church is sitting down. Fearful and afraid. But the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to say, first of all, that my salvation is strong. Because I'm built on a solid rock. The next thing I want to say is my, I want to talk about my strong forgiveness. My strong forgiveness. My forgiveness was purchased by the strong blood of Jesus Christ. I have a strong forgiveness. It's so strong that I am forever forgiven of my past sins. It is is such a strong blood and such a strong forgiveness that the Bible declares that the forgiveness of God is high above the heavens high above the earth. Look at Psalm 103, verse 11 and 12. For as the heaven is high above the earth, have you ever went out and looked straight up? It goes and goes and it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes. And the Bible says that the heaven is high above the earth. So great is his mercy. So great is God's mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. It is a perpetual forgiveness. Are you listening to me? If you go north, you go to the North Pole. The North Pole. And it's there. And you touch North Pole and keep walking and you go toward the south. And you go to the South Pole. 
And then you go to the north, and then you go to the south, and then you go to the north, and then you go to the south, and then you go to the north, and then you go to the south. But east doesn't have a pole, nor does west. So you go east forever. You go west forever. There is no east pole. There is no west pole. It is perpetual. And God says, I'll take your sins and I will remove them as far as the east is to the west. Never to return. To forever be gone. How's that for strong forgiveness? My forgiveness is strong. My forgiveness is so strong that if I trip and stumble, my Lord and Savior still has the blood, the power, the mercy, the grace to forgive me again. Anybody in this room ever had to be forgiven again? Well, it's probably more like again and again and and again and again and and again and again and again and and again and again. Hello. It is perpetual forgiveness. My strong forgiveness. Number three, my strong joy. That was strong joy. I don't have to get it out of a bottle. I don't have to get it from a pill bottle. I don't have to get it from a whiskey bottle. I don't have to get it from a beer can or a beer bottle. I don't have to get it from Six Flags over whatever. I don't have to get it from Disneyland. I don't have to get it from a barbecue or a picnic. My joy is from heaven. Now, don't misunderstand me. I take great pleasure in barbecues. How many take great pleasure in barbecues? I do. And the messier it is, the better it is. You're not living until you get barbecue sauce all over your face, like you're a two-year-old trying to eat ice cream or something. My strong joy, whom having not seen, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, whom having not seen, I haven't seen Jesus, I've heard from him, whom having not seen, we love, I changed the ye to we love, and whom, though now we see him not, yet believing we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Remember what the word, don't miss the word unspeakable. It's unutterable. You can't explain joy by going, whoo! You can't explain joy by going, that's nice. I really feel nice today. <laughs> you can't explain joy by dancing. You can't explain joy by, by shouting. You can't explain joy by laughing. You can't explain joy by smiling. You can't explain joy. There's not enough words in the universe to collect together the words to express that it's joy unspeakable. You squeal it out. Woo, I'm happy. You shout it out. Glory to God. You say, amen, I'm forgiven. You say, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You can't utter it. You can't speak it. Let me testify. As someone said, Jesus saved me and he'll never hear the last of it. Woo! 
That's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Somebody told Charles Spurgeon, I've been saved and Jesus never hear the last of it. But you can't express it. You can write a million books and never explain the joy that's in a believer's heart. You can go to a million tent revivals and testify every service and never exhaust the words of the joy. It's unspeakable. It's unexpressible. It's a joy that never runs out. It's a joy that's unspeakable. Why? Why is this joy unspeakable? Because it's full of glory. If your joy isn't full of glory, then you just got something that's a bill of goods. It's more gory than glory. Amen. The reason this joy is unspeakable is because it's full of the glory of God. It's full of the majesty of Jesus Christ. It's full of the blood, the mercy, the grace of Jesus Christ. It's full of the promises of God. It's full of the word of God. It's full of the glory of God. It's joy unspeakable. We haven't seen him, but bless your heart, I feel him. We haven't seen him, but we know, and we love him, and he, we love him because he first loved us. We have joy unspeakable. Our cup is flooding over. We can never express it. You can't giggle enough. You can't laugh enough. You can't say enough. There's no way you can express it enough. It cannot be explained. It's joy in the bedrock of your soul. It's joy that Satan cannot take away. I've read accounts where people were burned at the stake because of their stand for Jesus Christ. And over and over in Fox's Book of Martyrs, many of them that were burning said, this is not torment. This is wonderful. God came to them. Can't explain that. Nehemiah says, chapter 8, verse 10, the last part of that verse, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nobody's going to feel any power in a dead, lifeless church. Nobody's going to have any strength in one's life until you grasp a hold of the great power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ told his disciples, 70 of them to be exact, to go out and cast out devils and heal the sick. And 70 of them went out. And they went out and cast out devils, healed the sick. They came back boy, we saw it. We healed the sick. We raised the, uh, 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 the dead. We caused people's lives to be changed. Woo, we are something else. And the Lord is thinking, you guys ain't got a clue. They were rejoicing because they had some kind of power. But Jesus Christ said in Luke 10, 20, notwithstanding in this, in what? In your ability to do things. Your, and by the way, no one has the ability without Christ. But he said, don't you rejoice because the spirits are subject to you. Don't you rejoice because you went out and caused demons to flee. Don't you rejoice because you saw healings and you went out and did great things. But he said, rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven.
I got saved January the 15th, 1978. I called out to Jesus Christ and the great conviction and asked God, the Father God, drawed me. The Father drawed me to Jesus. And I cried out to Jesus Christ, repented of my sin, gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And the moment I did that, the Father said, write that down. And my name is written in heaven. Are you listening to me? It's written in heaven and no thing can ever make it fade away. It is imperishable. It is forever. My name is etched in the eternity of God. My name is there. Woo! My name is there. And when I trip and stumble, God doesn't get up. When I trip and stumble and say, Gable, get that big eraser and let's get his name off of there. The only thing God uses with a big eraser is he erases our past, our sins. My name's written in heaven. The demons can't touch it. Time can't erase it. I'm forever saved because my name is written down in heaven. And Jesus Christ says, if you ain't got nothing to shout about, shout about this, your name is written in heaven. If you're discouraged, shout, your name is written in heaven. If you get depressed and weak and hurting, shout and praise God, rejoice because your name is written in heaven. How many got your name written in heaven? Would you raise your hand? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. My strong joy. Then I have my strong peace. I have some strong peace. You say, why do you need strong peace? Because I've got a bull head. I'm bullheaded. I'm like you. I worry too much. Hello. I, I want an honest show of hands. And I mean this. I'm not going to be gossiping about it, but I want an honest show of hands. Does your little noodle on top of your shoulders cause you trouble sometimes? The truth is, our minds give us trouble. We worry about what's going to happen. We worry about our children. We worry about our grandchildren. We worry about the finances. We worry about work. We worry about today. We worry about sickness and disease. We worry, 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 worry. But I'm here to tell you, God can take care of the worry because he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus Christ will give you peace and he'll flood your mind with the peace of God. Hallelujah. When Jesus Christ came into my mind, all that sludge of worry came out this ear, gone. Cleaned up inside. Amen. Don't look at me like that. So that's a poor analogy. I'm preaching, leave me alone. My strong peace. John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you. I'm glad he left it. Didn't take it with him. 
My peace I give you. I'm glad I had it give. I didn't have to buy it. I didn't have to earn it. I'm glad Jesus left it with me, and I'm glad that he gave it to me. I didn't have to earn it. Not as the world giveth, but give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The world didn't give it to me, the peace, and the world can't take it away. The world didn't give me my joy, and the world can't take it away. The world didn't give me my salvation, and the world can't take it away. The world didn't write my name down in heaven, and the world can't take my name out of heaven. It's there. Amen? Not only do I have a strong house because it's built on a solid rock into God's Word, not only do I have a strong salvation, not only do I have a strong forgiveness and a strong joy and a strong peace, but I got a strong Savior. Atlas don't have a chance. Jesus holds the whole universe. Everything is held together. Every atom, every molecule is held together by the power of Jesus Christ. He knows everything. He's the Savior of the world. My strong Savior walks on water, walks on top of water. I walk in, wa in water. He walks on top of water. My strong Savior says to the dead, Lazarus, come forth. My strong Savior went to the cross, shed his blood with his strong blood to wash away my sins. My strong Savior said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you to the end. My strong Savior says, upon this rock, the words that I give you, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My strong Savior, his name is Jesus, turns water into wine, feeds the multitude, promises that every word he's ever spoken will never perish. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. My strong Savior that went to the cross of Calvary and died on that cross for my sins was so strong that death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him. Death, hell, and the grave couldn't hold him down. He rose again from the grave. My Savior, strong Savior, says to the storm, peace be still. My strong Savior says to you and I, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My strong Savior says, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back in the clouds of glory. My strong Savior says, just call unto me and I will answer you. Just turn to me and I will deliver you. Don't just sit there, feel something. Amen. Man, I'm feeling it. My strong Savior, John 16, 33, 
last verse. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the graveyard. I have overcome wars and rumors of wars. I have overcome death. I have overcome sickness and disease. Jesus Christ says, I have overcome your tribulation. I have overcome your storm. I have overcome your death, hell, and the grave. I have overcome your sin. I have overcome your barren and your abandonment in the presence of God the Father. I've overcome that, and I've brought you together, and I've called you out to bring you into a heavenly place, and I'll take you to green pastures. I'll take you to the upper uh, uh, lofty heights of God. I'll, I'll take you to my father's house. There's many mansions, and if it wasn't so, I would have told you so. I'm telling you, I'm coming after you. And when I come after you, I've overcome gravity. I've overcome the world. Because I have a strong Savior. Isn't that good? Well, you know, if it's all the same to you, and really I don't care what you think about it anyway, I'm going to go with Jesus. Amen? Remember, they all walked away. When Jesus said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, they all walked away. Jesus turned to his little group and said, are you going to go away also? And Jesus said, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words to eternal life. My question is, where in the world could any of us go except Jesus Christ? We're going to go to Jesus Christ or we're going to go straight to hell. There's only one place to go, and that is to Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, I realize our church has very strong preaching. I understand that. At least when Josh preaches. I understand our church has very, very vehemently preaching, very powerful preaching. I mean, I, I, and you say, well, preacher, you're mistaken, powerful, but just plain old rude. No. Listen to me. I realize that sometimes I can be quite blunt. But I also realize, thank you, Don. I also realize that the seed sown on stony ground says, woohoo, with joy, I believe that. But afterward, the sun arises. They're easily offended. They're, just, they're hurt for the word's sake. They're offended for the word's sake. And they die. Why? Because they didn't build their house on the solid rock. Well, I go to church for the music. Wrong answer. I go to church for the fellowship. Wrong answer. I go to church for the potlucks. Very wrong answer. I mean, I like potlucks. And, you know, I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. I have a strong Savior. I have a strong house. I have a strong joy, a strong peace. 
I'm going to have some potlucks along the way too. Amen. Hello, isn't that good? But there are people, because of the word's sake, they fall away. And that's just, that's just the Lord sifting out the tares. Just the Lord, you know, down the road, they'll, they'll look back and they'll say, well, I just didn't have it together. And we got to get it together. We got to get it together. Remember this morning I was preaching about how Jesus, you know, the scribe says, I'll follow you. And Jesus tries to talk him out of it. Most of us want the crowds. Oh, we got to have the crowds. Most preachers want the crowds. Jesus is trying to weed these out. Jesus is saying to the scribe, uh, I don't have a place to lay my head. Birds got it better than I do. Foxes got it better than I do. Trying to talk him out of it. And I think he did talk him out of it. I think the scribe went back to his synagogue. Took it easy. Then the other one says, well, let me go bury my daddy. Now, let's get something straight right now. His daddy wasn't dead. Let's get something straight right now. His daddy wasn't about to die. He said, let me go and bury my daddy. Let me take care of my daddy. He wasn't on hospice. That little weasel had an inheritance coming. And that's why Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. If you want to pursue the things of the world, the dead buries the dead. People that's all caught up in the riches of the world, dead buries the dead. Jesus wasn't saying to that poor guy, no, you can't bury your daddy. That's not what he was saying. So, well, it just says that. No, the weasel is the guy that's trying to tell Jesus, let me get my ducks in a row. And then when I get the inheritance and I got lots of money, then I can follow you. Didn't work, did it? Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. And the guy didn't follow Jesus. I hate to say this, there's a lot of people that are not really following Jesus. Not trying to be hateful, not trying to be rude, but there's a lot of people that are not following Jesus. They may be born again, they may be Christians, but they're not following Jesus. They're following other things. I want to follow Jesus. As, as someone said, where he leads me, I'll follow what he feeds me, I'll swallow. Amen. Yeah. It's not always easy to be a Christian. But we got preachers preaching that it is. But it's not. It's not easy to pastor a church. It's not easy for you to sit and listen to me. Well, I know you like the sermons, especially this morning. We were getting under your skin. Now I'm really getting under your skin. But we need that strong house. If we don't have that strong house, we're going to be blown away. A child dies in our family. What, what's that going to do to you? 
A friend dies. A mother and father dies. What's that going to do to you? The doctor diagnoses you with something. And it don't seem like God is listening to you for healing. What's that going to do to you? Nothing if you build your house on the rock. See, I hear preachers say all the time, well, you know, you go through these storms so that God can build your house. No, storms don't build houses. We build houses. But there are people that say, well, God's building your house. He's building you a house that won't be moved. God, through the storms, through the hurt, through the pain, through the storms of life, God is making you stronger and tougher. Well, yeah, you can learn. If you get bit by a rattlesnake, stay away from the rattlesnake. You learn. You learn that you don't stick your hand on a wood stove that's burning. You learn. Not to sit down to a plate of spaghetti. You learn. (laughs) Let's say this, and, and I'll be done. The storms, the rain, the floods, the winds don't build the house. They reveal the house. And that's why we go through storms. Because only through the storms can God reveal to us what we're really made out of. If you want to really know what you're made out of, go through the storm. The storms is to reveal whether you're on that rock. The storms are to reveal whether or not you're built on God's Word. If your house shakes some, you need to go back. And restructure your life on the foundation. Amen? Josh, come and bring a song. I've had this on my heart for several days, and I wanted to preach this because I think it's so vitally important that we understand that there's something for us to do, and that is dig learn, grow, and build our life on Jesus Christ. There is something for us to do. Now, will God save us? Yes, He'll save us. He gives us eternal life. But if you really want a victorious life, you've got, there's things for us to do. We've got to build down deep. As Luke says, dig deep. Dig deep into God's Word. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation.